What was a major life decision you made because of art? Our guest, Renata, had a full-time job as a lawyer, yet her passion for making art altered her life's course and led her to a choice that made her the artist she is today. Keen to find out more about her story? Well, tune in as we talk about the decision process of going full-time in art, finding your art style, and why copying is necessary, the three common misconceptions in watercolor, the trick to achieve a good finish for expressive painting, showing up for the community and building connections, how to let go of the idea of perfection, and creating something for yourself. If you want to be part of the conversation, then send in your questions and topics you want us to cover to hello at etcherlab.com. Hey, this is Jesse from Etcher. We believe in your power to create, so we invited artists from all around the globe to inspire you to keep on creating. Join us in this journey and let's celebrate creativity. This is Make More Art, the podcast. A lot of artists are saying when I was a kid, I was drawing, yeah. I was painting and stuff like that. And I wasn't. I wasn't drawing. I wasn't painting. I was nothing. I was, I was absolutely not into painting. That was something that didn't interest me at all. But I was a crafter. I love to craft. And I love to sew. I love to... Uh, make little earrings. I love to make jewelry. Uh, I love to make some eggs, Easter eggs, when it was Easter or for Christmas. I love to do decorations for a Christmas tree. That is actually how I started. And I was doing that through all my childhood. And I never thought of it as something that I could actually do as a living and that I could do whatever, you know, I I never thought I could... um, go to school for art uh, art school or just anything like that. It was just my hobby. I enjoyed it. And I actually went to school. I actually went to law school, something completely different. And when I started law school, my art was shut down. It was completely (laughs) shut in a cabinet. So I didn't do art for like, I think almost 20 years. That is a long time. Did you say law school? Yeah, I did. Wow. Yeah, I did go. I did. I did go to law school, and I was actually a lawyer for almost ten years. So, uh, and it was it was awfully stressful. That's such a stressful job, and I needed a vent. I needed to air myself to relieve the stress. And I just one day in some of my local stores, I got a canvas and some paints, actually acrylic paints. And I thought I could do that. I could just do that. I could just scribble onto paper just to release my stress, just to think of something else to find a hobby because I didn't have any hobby. I was just working all day, uh, seven days a week, 20 hours a day. And that's how that job is. So you just leave it. And uh, I got myself some art supplies and they were actually left also in my drawer for like a year. And I started to watch on YouTube uh, some of the videos from some other artists, painting, uh, also crafting. And I thought to myself one day, well, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to paint. And I guess that's how the story started. I just opened the door. I put the canvas on. I started to paint. I never stopped. I just couldn't stop. And I started with acrylics, then moved on with the watercolors. And I never thought I would do watercolors because somehow they were just, they, they look 
so unpredictable to me and I didn't like that I like acrylics because you can go over like 100 times you can do every single detail you like and it's been like three years and we have 200 paintings when it's gonna stop when you're gonna stop and well I got myself some watercolors then started with watercolors it takes a lot less space for them and I just fell in love and I would never go back. I would I would never use any other medium because watercolors are wow. They're just joy to use. They're perfect. They're so so super fun. They are unpredictable, but that's I guess the best thing about them. You just start with your painting and you never know how it's gonna finish. It's just it just goes on its in on its own way and does its thing. And that's that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's how my art journey started. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, Renata. And I love how you talk about watercolor. You know, it's you can really see it as you talk about the unpredictability of it. And some people they don't embrace that. Of course, with respect to those who are very much into acrylic, uh, they love you know that they're able to like what you said on top and of oils. It. They can just control it. They can just you can plan everything and go from start to the finish. Plan the entire painting. Yeah. and just yeah. do it that's and it. with watercolors no you just have the idea and that's all that's all you can plan the idea and <laughs> everything else just goes with time you get a, a little bit more experience and of course you can control some things the water how much water you use how but uh but you know that's i guess it's nice to control some things but the best part is not to control just to just to let it do its thing i guess that's that's how i see it <laughs> I love it. And also, it's very interesting that you are a lawyer. And now, yeah. right, like from the opposite side of the spectrum. But this, what's great about interviewing artists here on the podcast is that you learn something that's entirely, and you will be mind blown about that certain fact about the artist. And right now, I can't wrap my head. My head the fact that you are yeah, that's here. just two completely opposite sides of my uh, of my head of my yeah. life. But you know, I'm not a lawyer anymore. I actually quit that. I decided I don't want to do that. It was too stressful. Art is my passion. Is my love. Is makes me happy. That's you know, to do something when you go to bed and you just can't, you just can't wait for the morning so you can get up and start doing it. And you just do it all day. And I don't, I never see it as my job. I just see it as as a pleasure. I'm blessed. I believe I'm blessed because I did found that. I found something that inspires me, that uh, gives me uh, happiness every single day. Even when I'm down, I start to paint and just everything comes together. So, you know, art is just perfect and painting is perfect. And I do advise everybody who are just watching people paint and uh, make art, doesn't matter what form, just do it. Just do it. Stop watching and just do it because it really brings such an amazing joy and calmness to your life, I believe. Thank you for saying that. I, a lot <laughs> of our listeners are hobbyists and beginners and they're starting out, especially right now in the pandemic, a lot of people are stuck in their homes and they're thinking, what is there to do? I can travel. But also I did see an increase of people, volume of people who are venturing into art and you it's a perfect example because you do a lot of tutorials and you talking about art in that sense that it brings so much joy in having that courage to let go of a job 
that will pr provide you security, but then it's giving you a whole lot of stress and then letting that go and embracing art, you, you as an artist, that is a major leap of faith. And I love yeah. to talk about that, it, that you're blessed because when you wake, you know, you go to sleep soundly, you know, at peace and you can wait to get up in the morning and start all over because it's not a job for you. No. But no. let me just go back quickly to that decision process, uh, Renata, okay. of letting go your job as a lawyer. Was that like an immediate, okay, I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to do art. Or was that a like a, a process and, you know, several, like, going back and forth, whether it's something that I would do. It was, yeah. it was a process. It, it, it was a couple of years. I was working as a lawyer and just came home. I was drenched. I was empty. I just, uh, I, I couldn't talk to people because, you know, I was just, I closed off. I shut off when I came home and I just uh, did my art daily First, at first, not really daily. It was on weekends. And then slowly, it's just, I needed that went every day. And I started to paint. And my friends, my family were saying to me, why aren't you selling your art? Some of, the, some of your work is gorgeous. Why don't you do that? And I say to them, I'm, I'm never doing it for selling. I, I don't want to sell my art. I just want to make art <laughs> because that's what I love. That's what yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. And uh, well, slowly, I just... I was actually, you know, as I said, I was waking now, I'm waking up happy and can't wait to start. And then I was just waking up with some cramp in my stomach that and I thought to myself, I don't want to go. I don't want to, I don't want to do that job. I just want to paint. Can I just paint? And slowly, well, I guess it was a process because I needed my husband's support, of course, because you know, you are releasing of a job that is, as you said, is gives you a quite a nice financial security and go into something that you don't know what's, what is going to be. Are you, because I didn't have a vision at all what I want to do when I, when I just turned the key and start, stopped being a lawyer for a year, I was completely lost. I just didn't, I didn't know what I'm going to do. I didn't know what I'm going to do. And then actually YouTube kicked in and I, I just, I painted and I said to myself, I want to share what I do. Maybe it will inspire some other person to start to paint and to make the decision I did because I was happy. I was lost, but I was happy. I never regretted. I never, not a single second there is that I regretted that I did that. And I was thinking to myself, maybe there is someone out there thinking the same thing and just doesn't have the courage to do that. So I said to myself, I'm going to share my art. At first, I was just doing some videos and tutorials without the speaking because I wasn't comfortable with English. So uh, slowly, people started to uh, get back to me, to encourage me to say, wow, your paintings are gorgeous. Please say something. Just explain your process. And they were asking me to speak in my videos. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to do that or what there is there to lose. And that is how I actually started. Then I started to, you know, uh, share my experience with people. And I believe the community, the artists, those are amazing people. Their support is just stunning. And what, what I got from my community is just something that I cannot explain. They really, really inspire me daily to do. And sometimes... And it's just super hard to me right now. I'm doing daily videos 
And uh, well, I guess it's super, super hard to do every to paint every day, record, edit, and upload, and do all that. And when I see uh, their comments and their support and their encouragement, it just gives me an amazing drive. And I guess, well, um, what I wanted what I wanted to say is that definitely everybody who is thinking to do something to, you know, you don't have to do such a drastic thing as I did. Just paint, just start a paint. Everything will unfold. Everything, and you know, every uh, painting you do doesn't have to be a masterpiece. I don't do my paintings are horrible. Some of them horrible, horrible. But that's not the point. The point is the process and the enjoyment of art. You just captured everything that we said for you at Etcher and in Make More Art. There's just a lot of golden nuggets in just in what you said that it's not about perfection. It's not about creating a masterpiece, but never. it's the process. And about starting, I think that's that's major, that's huge, because when we talk about art, some people are intimidated by it. That, you yeah, know, I know. Right? But people like you being on YouTube will provide them an, an opportunity, an avenue for art to be accessible. And thank yeah. you for doing that. Thank you for starting YouTube, because... I was looking at your videos and there's a ton of them. And I know yeah, the fact that you do daily, daily videos. And when I was starting out um, with watercolor, I went to YouTube and there were a lot of like amazing artists who provide you know, free tutorials. And I was thinking that if more and more artists can, can do this, then a lot of people will see art as something that is accessible and not just confined into it. Art, art, you have to be an artist. Talk about the process of art. When you were starting out, and you 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 mentioned about you know certain struggles with watercolor. What would you say are the most common misconceptions or like mistakes? Let's just say of people who are venturing in watercolor. Buying cheap supplies. That's that's one very, very bad mistake because a lot of people are contacting me. I'm not, uh, I, I do believe that papers are most important. Brushes, hmm, watercolors, maybe the last thing you should invest in, but papers, that's definitely something you want to invest in because people are, I just see a lot of comments uh, from people that are saying, mine is looking, it's looking nothing like yours. How you do that? How you do this? I just say to them, it's not that paper is going to do everything for you. It's not going to do everything, but it's going to up your game. It's definitely going to give you a lot, lot better results. Okay, I understand that someone can't really uh, start with cotton watercolor paper, but that's okay. That's fine. Just get some nice watercolor paper. It definitely has to be watercolor. And I do, do really, really recommend 300 GSM, that's 140 pounds watercolor paper. That's definitely something you should use. I do have watercolor paper that are thinner, that are a little less quality for practicing. I put them on the side and that's where I test my brushes. That's where I test my paints, where I just uh, try some strokes. But I always have in mind that everything that I do on such paper will be completely different on a paper that is a better quality. So that's something I would definitely advise to someone who, wa who wants to, even if you're just painting as a hobby, just invest, you know, make smaller 
pieces of paper and exactly. paint on smaller pieces of paper. Your, your painting doesn't have to be A4. It doesn't have to be a large painting. Just paint on a smaller piece of paper, but a better quality piece of paper, because that is how you will see the difference. And that is how you will definitely improve in your watercolors. You will never improve if you lose, if you use bad watercolor paper. So that's one thing I would definitely say that's a very, very common mistake. Also common mistake for, from people is maybe not stretching their paper. It's buckling, it's going all over the place. And just, you. it makes it even harder to control. Water goes everywhere, uh, spills of your uh, out of your paper. So definitely stretching is one more important. If you can get blocks of paper, that's great. That's perfect. But if not, just definitely stretch your papers. That's also one thing that is also important and test your brushes. I do always say that to you know my students, just test your brushes. When you get a new brush or you have an old, old brushes, just try them. Just try to see the difference between your brushes. Try to learn about them because that is, then, that is how you will see what brushes you can use for and how much water you can also use with your watercolors. That is how you learn. And definitely something you should do is paint and practice. <laughs> That's that. That is, you know, Practice does make perfect. Exactly. Let me just go back to stretching because maybe some of our listeners are not familiar with the term. For someone who's beginner, what do you mean? Yeah, okay. Or need to yeah. manually stretch my paper? That could be a question. But can you, can you add a little bit more on that, um, Renata? And we will add in something within this video to showcase what stretching watercolor paper looks like. But mm -hmm. can you add a little bit more detail as to how do you stretch a paper? Well, uh, first thing you need this is an MDF board, something like, so you can use a table for that. It doesn't have to be a board. You can use a piece of plastic, you know, something, some uh, bigger coaster, I guess that's how it's called, hopefully, and a tape. Okay. So just put your paper on uh, your board on hard surface, whatever surface it is. This is this is the easier thing to do because later on you can just turn it around when you start to paint. If you stretch it onto your table, you just can't turn it around. You can just walk around it, right? You can't really turn it around. And then just glue your paper, the edges of your paper with some tape, glue on that. That is how you will stretch it. If, if you want to go even a step further or maybe have a good quality uh, cotton watercolor paper, I do not recommend that with a cellulose watercolor paper, only if it's quite thick, but uh, with a cotton watercolor paper, maybe wet it uh, underneath the lower part, turn it around, uh, glue it, tape it onto your hard surface, and then uh, you can get uh, very nice washes. You can do uh, wet it uh, on the top part and just do wet on wet, and it's just, it uh, helps with buckling. It stops buckling, and it stops your paper to move and to create puddles. So puddles are all, one of the things that uh, beginners have a lot of lot of issues with because the paper doesn't uh, dry the same. It on some parts dries faster and some uh, slower because they have puddles and some paint. You, you can hardly achieve nice, beautiful washes if your paper is buckled. So that is how you stretch your paper. That that, that means stretching. That's not really stretching. <laughs> it's just gluing it onto its edges, but all around the edges. I see some artists uh, just glue the corners. I never glue only the corners because sometimes it can it can move. It can buckle anyway because 
deeper when you add water on top of it. It's just uh, stretches it. Those fibers in it just stretch and it can buckle anyway. So I do recommend uh, taping it all around. So that's stretching. Make More Art, the podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So we would like to give a shout out to Sinyaxi from YouTube. He said, this was epic. I learned so much from this. Keep up the good work. Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. All right. Now, what I'm interested to learn more about as well is your style of painting because you do a lot of subjects and it has a very distinct style. Like there's splatter and then it's it's loose, but it's expressive. It's expressive. Yeah, it is. It is expressive. Yes. yes. So take me through how you started with your style. Because I know for most of the artists that I interviewed, they started, they said that it has evolved. But that's, has it always been the, ty- the style that you started with with watercolor, loose and expressive? You know, uh, I actually do got a lot of questions for well, a lot of times the question from people, how do you find your style? Yeah. Because beginners think I will never find my style, but you don't find your style. Your style finds you. That's how I see it. Okay. Because when I was starting out, I was, of course, learning from others. I was just uh, learning from one person, from another person. I do recommend to everybody, do not do not learn from one person. You will never find your style or your style will never find you. You have to learn from, from a lot of people. Just watch as many artists as you can. Copy them at the beginning. That's normal. We all do copy until you learn the brush strokes, until you learn how the water behaves, how the colors behave with water, until you learn the papers. You will definitely copy them. That's normal and that's fine until you start selling your art that you copied from someone. That that's not fine, but that's the other thing. Uh, you just that is the process of learning, and you will see how slowly you will find maybe one thing that you love about one artist, how he uses this or that, and something else from another artist, and you will just mesh it all up. It will happen naturally. You don't have to really uh, think about that too much. You don't really have to plan your style. It will just come. You, it, it just all get meshed up because we all are different and uh, everything we do is different. Even when you paint the same painting, you know, I had classes when, where I was just uh, doing something and I was helping people paint and I was telling them, do this, do that. And those paintings ended up to be completely different because we all see one thing differently. And that is how your style gets built while uh, practicing, learning from others, meshing it all, and you will find your style. Uh, My style also, I guess, wasn't, I wouldn't say it was always the same, but that's how maybe um, my paintings are showcase of how I see the world and how I perceive the colors, how I, and definitely uh, in my videos that I do, you can see my mood. That's definitely because when I put up a video, you can definitely see uh, my uh, themes that I go that are one behind uh, other and just see how I feel because you should definitely let something of yourself into your painting. That's also important. It shouldn't be just automatic. It should also have a little piece of you. Every single painting should have a little piece of you. And that is how your style is going to be different than anybody else because there is 
a little bit of you in that painting. That's a very good tip. I've never really thought of that. Normally, sometimes when art, when people paint, right, they would copy something, they have a reference. And sometimes we get lost in that and we, we forget to incorporate something about us within that. Yeah. And thank you for highlighting that. With the, the videos, I have to ask this because I've seen that you're doing it daily. And you talked about this earlier. Is this for the over? Yes, but I'm not really doing only inks. I'm, yeah. I'm cheating a little bit. I'm yeah. also doing watercolors with ink. Yeah. So yeah. I know that how much you love art. I mean, you said that you're very blessed to be able to do something that you love, and it's not a job for you. But I have to ask, since right now you're doing it daily, did you ever reach a point that, is this really what I would want to do? I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel a bit of burnout or... It has never occurred to you. No, it definitely did occur to me. It occurs to me every day. Uh-huh. You get tired of it. You get burned out. You, you run out of ideas. You run out of inspiration. You just want to say, you know, I just, I don't want to do anything today. I don't want to see a paper. I don't want to see a paint. I don't want to see a brush. I'm just tired of it. I just need a rest. But you know what? When that happens to me, I just sit behind my table and I'm just sitting there I'm not painting I'm just sitting there and just watching my room my studio just looking what I want to what I can do then I just get clean uh, I clean up a little bit I just move around them and you know maybe I take a walk sometimes I do that if it's a nice day if it's not raining I'm I take a walk and it just comes the inspiration just comes and you know uh, when you don't force yourself. Mm-hmm. It will when you say to yourself, I don't have to do that. I did say I'm gonna do it daily, but I don't have to. No one will, no one will hate me because I didn't do it. I'm gonna do do tomorrow. It doesn't matter. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do anything. It's just I I want to do it. That's what I want to do. And no one forced me to do that. I decided on my own. I do want to challenge myself and I do want to make that something that will also. So inspire me to paint daily because usually, you know, I do a lot of other things. So I don't have the time to paint every day. So I, I said to myself, I'm going to do that to challenge myself. And but then later on, I said, you're not a failure. Failure. If you don't do that, it doesn't matter. Just do what you love. Do what, what gives you joy at that moment. And, you know, when I do that, I guess it just all comes together. I got inspired. I just get one click and I do it. I, uh, for those who might, uh, might have seen my videos, um, might've noticed that a lot of the times I mentioned how something from my childhood inspired me, how I was going through my photos, old photos, how I was walking, uh, around and just got the inspiration. So inspiration is all around us. You don't have to seek the inspiration, sit uh, onto your table and just, I have to do it now. I have to paint now. What I'm going to paint, what I'm going to paint. Take a walk, just rest and it will come. It's just something, you know, I see a glass and I ended up painting a vase, you know, because that is how I got inspired. Yeah, that inspires me, you know, that's, that's completely normal. And I guess we don't have to do anything. We just have to enjoy doing it. I think that's a really good point. You just have to enjoy doing it because when you start to pressure yourself, when you're tied up to what, quote unquote, like you're obliged to do it versus you want to do it, 
because it brings you joy, then it would. It shifts. Everything shifts. Everything shifts. Yeah, yeah. I, I love everything that you're saying in this interview. And I know for, for a fact that a lot of people who are starting out, whether watercolor or any type of medium, you started with acrylic. And then you yeah. love with watercolor. That it's, it, you know, if you're listening or watching this, Renata is a true testament that you, you don't need to tie yourself with just one medium and say, how no. do you get this? No. But you are allowed to explore and to share your art. Like what yeah. you said earlier that, you know, no one will tell you that your art is, you know, you're not good enough. It's, it's just you putting so much pressure in yourself. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? Your art doesn't have to be good. Not everybody should be artists and sell their art. Sure. You know, that's not the point. If you start to paint, it doesn't mean that you have to sell your art. It just means that you have to enjoy it, that you just have to give yourself that 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a day to paint, to enjoy and to be happy, to get into something that you really don't need to be stressed about. So if you're going to stress about your painting and how you paint, that's, you know, what's the point? Just relax. However it turns out, it's going to be perfect because it's going to be yours and you're going to do it. So that's something that I also always say don't don't bother yourself with the perfection nothing is perfect what do you see in the world that is perfect nothing is perfect everything has that little little thing that makes it unperfect just so you can go a little step above that a little step above that you can always do it better so why force yourself to make it perfect just enjoy it it will all come you will learn to love what you do you will learn to love and you know what if you push yourself and you uh, bother yourself with perfection you will hate art you will hate painting you won't be doing it anymore like uh, for relaxation for stress relief for just those five days five minutes a day for yourself so just relax and enjoy so just to um continue on what you were saying is that I'm not I don't do watercolors only I'm also a crafter a lot of people don't know that about me and a lot of people ask me so you do something else than watercolors I never knew that because that's not something that I did put out there and a lot of people don't know that I, I am a crafter you know that is something that I did as a child so I do make cards I do make notebooks I do make candlesticks I do make photo frames and that's, those are the things that are actually not on my channel, that are not on my Instagram even. That's something that you can't really find. I do sell that at fairs, not online. So uh, you don't have to do only one type of the art. That's also, if you like 10 things, do 10 things. Sometimes it comes really, really uh, nice for me just to leave watercolors aside and just do something crafty. Just make cards, just make palettes for fixing paints. And it just, it's completely different type of art and gives me a different feel in my hands and comes really, really nice sometimes. So just, you know, you can do a lot of, a lot of types and a lot of different arts and that's also fine. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect in any of them. As I said, you just have to enjoy it. That's very well said. And I love that you are a crafter because I love... <laughs> To do other things as well. And it's, that's a really good point as well, Renata, when you said that it doesn't always have to be like, you don't publish it, like for people, like mm. on, it's not on your channel, but it's something that you do on the side. It's not necessarily need to be on socials. 
Um, yeah. I, I read this book. Um, I, I think I may have mentioned this several times on this podcast about Austin Cleon, um, his book, Keep Going. And he did mention about, we don't necessarily have to put out something or like a hobby and turn it into, like put it on the marketplace. Sometimes you have to give a little bit of something to yourself. It's something yeah, definitely. And, you know, yeah. it's not. And just yeah. know that you do that for yourself, that you're not doing it for for anybody else not in when you think of it as doing it for yourself then you you let go of that pressure and then you just enjoy it just enjoy the process and when you think i i have to make something for sale of course there is always a pressure there so or or to post not for sale or to post or to put on social media you just think i he did that so well i have to do it also so well and when you do something for yourself it just wow that's that's a different completely different thing so yeah that's a good point from you you don't have to do everything for sale and for the others just do something also for yourself and leave it there leave it in your room yeah it's a little bit something that that's just for you yeah Renata there's one final question this is another question that I would like to ask you and you talk you touched on this a little bit when you were talking about the different mediums and forms of art but this is a question that I recently asked. I started, in, you know, injecting into the podcast. And as an artist, how do you define art? For you, what is art? Well, uh, I guess art for me is the way of life. That's what I think the art is. That's that's a way of living, because you don't do art; you live art. And art is just, you know, I'm just getting goosebumps right now (laughs) because because when I think of it, when I think of art and when I think of how much joy it brings me daily, I can't just imagine my life without it anymore. I can't imagine my life. And I do believe that I've incorporated that uh, what I've learned in art and the feelings that I have when I'm making art, when I'm painting, when I'm creating, I'm starting to spread it on in my life, in other aspects of my life. And I'm noticing I'm a lot calmer person. I'm a lot uh, more forgiving, a lot more understanding. And I do believe that art is way of life. That's, that is what art is to me. That is beautiful. And <laughs> thank you. Right. I mean, art is not confining paintings alone, but it's the way it's our way of life. It's yeah. Art lives within us. And uh, yeah, definitely it does. It does. And uh, I mean seeing you and listening to you talk about it in that sense brings me joy because I, I love when people talk about it in art in that sense, because it's exactly what we need right now, especially right now when the world is yeah, definitely. Yeah. Renata, thank you so much for, for thank sharing you. Your, thank art you. And your art with us. It's such a joy to really get to know you and you know the, the other side of the joy that you have of, of making art. And I know a lot of people who are following you and watching your videos on YouTube can definitely attest to that. Those who have been with you from the beginning can really see um, the joy and the authenticity of why you're showing up on YouTube and socials. And that is not to, not for the monetary side of it, but maybe more for, to inspire people to also yeah. make art. 
So thank yeah. you for, for putting it out there and for being so generous and providing your tutorials and for being an amazing teacher as well for HR. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Definitely. Thank you, HR, for this opportunity they gave me. I had so much fun. I enjoy so much in every step of the way. And I find everybody here on HR just amazing, amazing. Every people, every person I speak to, I do something with, it just amazes me. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you, HR, for 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 this opportunity, this amazing opportunity. And thank you to all of you students, all of you artists out there who are supporting all of that, who are supporting all of that. Amazing. Thanks, Renata, for being on Make More Art, the podcast. And we'll hope to catch up with you again and see more of your work, whether on YouTube, on Instagram, or on your website. I know you have a no, lot definitely. of art. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, on <laughs> Etsy and, you know, your, all of your crafts. I know you do palettes as well. Um, around yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll definitely see more of that. Um, and thank you again for being on the show. Take yeah, care of yourself. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Bye. Renata said that you don't need to make drastic decisions like she did to make art. It's all about enjoying the process and being intentional in whatever you put out for the world to see. YouTube has been her playground and led her to build a community of artists and enthusiasts alike. Here at Etcher, we are keen to know, how did you start with art? And where did you go to learn or check out resources? Share your comments to the blog post associated with this podcast at etcherlab.com slash Renata. Want to know what goes behind the scenes here at Etcher? We heard ya. We are lifting the curtain and giving you VIP access to do just that. Get to know who does what here at Etcher Lab. So joining me for the Etcher Team Spotlight is Casey, and you probably know her as Kathleen if you've seen any of her live demo where her, not as an artist, but her as a studio host. A side note, I've known Casey for a while now. I've been following her. She's an amazing artist. This girl can do a lot of things. She can sing, she can paint, and she can definitely host, but I will let her share more about herself. So please welcome to Make More Art, Casey or Kathleen. Hi, Hi Casey. Jessie. How are you? I'm doing fine and it's nice to see you again in this platform, you know. I know, we're, both, <laughs> we're now both the staff of Etcher. And so you're fairly new. You started this month, is that right? Right. Um, first week of October, yep. First week of October. How was it so far? Um, it was pretty overwhelming, just like any other jobs, but it was pretty fun along the way. I mean, as long as you're learning something new, I guess. So that really keeps me going. So I did mention on your intro that you know how to sing. Can you give us a sample? Just a little bit. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me like okay let me see um one of one of my favorites would be Adele I guess oh she has a new song (laughs) oh I haven't really heard um but anyway I'll just sing one of my favorites from her um okay there's a fire starting in my heart Reaching the fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark. 
Finally, I can see you crystal clear. Go ahead and sell me out and I'll lay your sheep bare. See how I do with every piece of you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There's a fire started in my heart, reaching a fever pitch and it's bringing me out the dark. That was really good, Casey. Okay, so yeah, so a host, an artist, and definitely a singer. Wow, you're wearing way too many hats and you're doing well on each of those. So tell me about being a studio host. What do you love the most about it? I love the fact that we're able to highlight each artist's uh, capability abilities and their passion. Um, I love that we're able to showcase them through a wide um, number of audience rather. Mm -hmm. And I love that they're, we're pretty much like the bridge between the audience and them. Because, you know, and during live demos, we can't usually do this uh, face to face. So we're pretty much their voice, um, the audience voice. And I love how we touch um, each other people's lives, you know, be it an audience, be it an artist. So um, although it, um, as a host, you're not really the spotlight right there, um, which is pretty nice because you're pretty much like just helping people come together. And that's really heartwarming and fulfilling. I love it. And that's a really that's a really good point about us being being the bridge between our audience. With an extra, we're all about building community, right? And host, well, I was a previous host and now you're a host. That's really our role to bridge that gap. So one month in into the job as a studio host, what would be your biggest takeaway about the role? Let's if say anything that you have learned within that first 30 days and even with that shirt, what would that be? Um, it will be the same uh, thing I've mentioned earlier, which would be um, as a host, you have to learn that you're not the center of attention. You're, you're going to learn how to, how to step back and pretty much just uh, be there for people, be there for the artists. You're there to support them. You're not the artist this time. So um, you've pretty much been with uh, invited me um, as a guest in podcast so I was the highlight at that time I have to get used to the feeling that you're not there anymore you're there where you kind of like I, I told you before that I was pretty much amazed by how you are able to spotlight each person's capabilities each artist's capabilities and I'm glad that I'm in that spot already so yeah and I'm still learning <laughs> Yeah, every, everything. And, and I'm a thanks, thanks for that, Casey. And yeah, personally, I'm learning a lot as well. I mean, given in the space of podcasting and you in the studio host. So thank you so much for sharing a bit about yourself, Casey, and for, for that sample of your singing voice. And I'd love to see when would be your next live demo or your mini workshop, if there are any. Right. Um, I haven't really seen our schedule yet, but um, one pretty funny thing, though, as uh, Marianne would say, um, I would be in the live demo this November's, uh, November 5, um, Eastern Standard Time. And um, that's pretty much like, you know, you're on the other side of the boat. So <laughs> it's you would know how you feel right there. So that's pretty interesting. But I would be getting more in to live sessions and mini workshops soon. Um, I'm just getting the heck of things. So 
and I'm sure you are. And our audience would are sure are pretty excited to see more of your face and how you do your hosting for our live demo and our mini workshop. So thank you, Casey, for being on Make More Art and look thank you hosting. Thank you, Casey. Bye. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please drop us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast where you can find us on YouTube at Etra Studio. And, oh, hitting the subscribe button is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again next time. Until then, let's make more art.